Welcome to the Keeping It Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Payne. I'm a multiple small business owner, business mentor and growth coach. And if you'd like to know more about building a stronger, more profitable business, please visit www.adampayne.me. New Way Growth Team, uh, myself and Luke, as well as uh, Luke having LW Digital and we having other businesses. We have Andrew Thomas with us. Andrew, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Um, yeah, my name's Andrew Thomas. Um, I run the Smart Octopus Voice Agency. Uh, we're a very sort of boutique agency. We look at um, getting companies um, in, involved in the voice um, platforms. So we uh, we do things with Alexa, Google Assistant, um, and we also do a little bit on chatbots to help with automation of uh, social media. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Now, so we I pulled we pulled this one together because. Me and Luke, we, do, we did a one on social media trends the other week. Uh, and one of the ones that uh, right at the end was around SEO and then saying around voice and how voice and voice searching. It was like, I think if I remember rightly, it was about 48% of uh, general searches on Google are done through voice now. Um, and voice is really, and now, and I know what you do. And I thought, yes. actually, it would be a great time to get Andrew on and, and, and see where voice SEO and then that AI is going. So where do you think it's heading with this one? Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's been a major change in consumer habits. Um, that, that lots of people have now bought smart speakers because they've been trapped at home um, for the lockdown and have started deploying them. Um, and what's more frictionless than just speaking and searching that way? So it's changed. We're, we're, there's no longer the... Um, searching with keywords in a browser, people are actually asking their smart speakers um, and it's become a lot more conversational. So I've been posting a lot about um, the the rise of the hyper-local searching where people are saying, where can I find X near me? So that, that, that's a long tail key phrase and most websites are not optimized for those long tail uh, keyword pairs um, and of course the problem is, is most companies don't know how to well, what, what their customers are even asking so they're fighting over niche keywords um, and paying google lots of money to try and get to the top of page one um, to get all the traffic not knowing that i think roughly around 50 percent of the traffic over the lockdown was coming from voice searching hmm. And, and is there is is there much to that infrastructure that you have to do? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so you have to learn to you have to position your website to qualify for voice. Now, so so first you have to meet all of Google's best practices to get you to page one, and then you're actually going for what is known as rank zero, which is the above the top level of normal organic um, search results you're going for the result because of course what people haven't realized is that um, this is quite a unique position that companies can put themselves into you can't buy rank zero if um, and let me just unwrap that a little bit if, if you're if you put in some keywords and search for something when you get those search results presented to you on your phone or your browser you'll find there's a there's three blocks, maybe four blocks. You'll have some paid ads at the top. You'll have some organic results, typically five. You might have some, and people also ask this, 
type suggestions and then some more paid ads at the bottom. And I think over time, Google are going to shrink the organic bit because they want more money. So they'll increase the ads because then it becomes a bidding war to see who can be at the top. Yeah. Because most people just go click at the top, don't really see the word ad at the bottom. Now, with voice, there's no screens. Um, and with no screens, there's no ads. So if you can, if you're the only answer being presented, Google has to make sure that you're the very precise answer. Um, and those very precise answers um, that are correct have to be filtered. So you have to present your website in such a way that the uh, keywords are um, phrased in the same structure that people um, ask their questions. Um, so, so what we typically do is we, we do some searching to see what are the questions typical consumers ask in this space. And there are tools to do that. Answer the public is a very good tool for, the, for using for that, um, where you put in your niche and it says, here are all the questions that people are asking in your niche. So if, for a starting point, you could have a web page that's, I think we used to call them frequently asked questions. Well, that now could be the most critical page on your website because those could be the questions that Google ranks to then become the answers to voice queries. God, that's, Couple, that's, that's interesting. interesting, that one is. And yeah, I know you've mentioned you've, men you've mentioned uh, answer the public um, in our Facebook group before a long time yeah. ago. We've been saying it's about a, a great yes. tool, but that's yeah. fascinating. That there's is. a couple of there's answer Socrates as well, but answer the public is 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 very useful, and you can export a spreadsheet of all the results and then start using it for building your SEO. Now, because the other thing you need to do is look at schemas. So schemas are very important. Um, there are schemas that you can use that for the question and answer type schema. And that's another way of instantly then telling Google um, what the answers are that you can pr provide. So, of course, by doing all this uh, and, and people are going, well, what's the you're not just trying to get one answer to the top of page one, you're trying to get all of your niche, all of your customer journey queries to the top of rank zero so that when anybody asks, but because people ask questions in lots of different ways, where can I get my tire fixed near me? Where can I get my puncture repaired near me? Where can I get a tire replacement near me? Um, hey Google, where can I get, uh, I'm going to be careful in case I trigger one, because um, I've got lots of devices in my house. Um, where, where, where can I get X? And of course, depending on how they phrase that, um, the AI that's built into the system can extract what's known as the intent. And, they, um, and, and that's, I think, it, the easy way to explain it, if you go in to order a pizza, the building um, an equation for ordering a pizza says, I want to know the base. I want to know the toppings. I want to know if you want any extras. I want to know if he wants to be this. So that's a formula. And what you can do with a skill is build up um, that formula as a series of questions and say, okay, if they say, hey, Google or hey, um, you know, Alexa, where can I order a pizza? Then you start to answer a series of questions that fill in the blanks for that formula. So the AI might go, okay, what sort of pizza do you want? Now, if they come back with, I'd like a deep pan um, pepperoni with cheese crust um, and fries, it might go tick, 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 tick. I've got all the answers for my formula. Um, there's some optional ones I can ask. 
and I'll repeat that question back to you and for confirmation and then say, okay, um, now we know the order. But if you just said, oh, I'd like a deep pan pizza, you'll go, okay, I've got part of my formula. I don't know what toppings. So then it goes down a different branch of queries that says, and what sort of toppings do you want? And it might, you might come back with, well, what's available? So, the, so the, the building of these sort of conversational structures is is where you, is the next level. So you start doing searches, which might just provide you with a reference information, saying, "Oh, you can get this here." But if you start down another path, you you then you could start developing skills, which would allow you to have full blown conversations with your customers. And and obviously you have all that data. You can see what they asked. You can then refine it. If they get to a sort of like a dead end in the logic, you can then refine that for the next person. So it gets very um, well, well. It's conversational. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot. I suppose it's the structure of like uh, the, as people would probably more commonly probably know is the chatbot side side structure, isn't it? And that's yes. like, but you're applying that into the voice uh, yes. side. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And unlike a lot of um, sort of normal programs where you if you if you put up a dialogue box they have to fill in the dialogue box you evaluate the parameters before you let the okay button become pressable well of course you can't do that in a conversational um environment so a, a large amount of the work when you're building a conversational flow structure is handling all those little breaks in the conversation and recovery of a conversation as they call it so uh because people get distracted, so it, the people pause conversations. I, I and we take lots of visual cl clues, so I can see that you're nodding at the moment, mm. so I can continue talking. But if you, if I, if I see that you're about to say something, then I stop. Well, you can't do that with a vocal thing. So we, you have to learn um, how to write these conversational flows in such a way that you can. Um, and some people are doing it already, where they repeat back the phrasing um, of what you've just said as a confirmational point. So if you, if you, if you ask Alexa and it says, um, so I'm just about to order you a deep pan pizza with that, and you go, correct. But you might just say, yeah, that's great. Or, okay, do it or make it so. You could use that. And of course the AI has to go, hang on, what's this phrase? Oh, that means a yes. So when you think about the co the complex calculations that are going on in the cloud in real time, this is a phenomenal technology. Yeah, to, be, God, yeah. to be able to have conversations in people's homes at their point of need, and and by claiming the invocation names, the things that activate as the words associated with your brand or your products or your services, and none of it costs anything. Once you have your skill in there, you, 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 you know, marketing hasn't got any inroads into this. No one's interrupting our conversation right now and saying, hey, IBM Watson would like to have join this conversation and talk about how IBM can do all this. And you go, well, they can't pay to interrupt our conversation. So yeah, it's yeah. a unique time in history for brands and businesses to be able to um, present their products, their services, and their brand to people in their homes, in cars, um, in earbuds, um, on their smartphones, all, all because we've enabled a microphone yeah, in, in the browser. Amazing. 
Luke, you got anything? Questions? Because I know you were lining up for some. Yeah, I've got I've got a few. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, I'm sort of coming at it from a sort of a paid ad side of things. Um, and it's interesting what you said there about the way that people interact when they go on search on Google and stuff. So, hey, Google, do this, do that. Um, with, for example, Google search ads, the, the way that I you know, <clears throat> manage adverts is the keywords are set. So we'll take your example of pepperoni pizza. That might be a keyword that somebody's bidding on. And then the search terms that people are actually using might be pepperoni pizza near me. Now, with the use of um, sort of the home speaker systems that are listening and, and et cetera, like Alexa and Google Home, um, are you finding, first of all, that there's a lot of like command words that are now appearing at the start of these search terms? So rather than pepperoni pizza near me, it's find me a pepperoni pizza near me or uh, sort of or question words like where is the nearest pepperoni pizza near me? Because I think a lot of people wouldn't consider those as those command words or questioning words, so to speak, as important to include in their phrases because they just think well, that's just a sentence. Whereas now are they becoming more and more important um, oh, within yes. SEO? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All of the query terms um, are, are, are taken as a standard now on the front of all of these. Um, uh, th there's also another factor is that um, location. So um, with with the sort of lo uh, local, because you're talking effectively local SEO if you're trying to sell like pizzas. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I found is that on some of the smart speakers that now have screens, they're actually referencing Google. Google's referencing the only thing it has available, which is Google My Business. So if your business is all correctly set up on Google My Business and has the, the website linked to it as well and has all these search terms, it gives you a much higher chance to be presented um, as the result. Uh, and, and of course, there is now a slight ability for, for Google to offer some level of um, advertising on the screen-based um, smart speakers because they're presenting more than one result uh, yeah. and because they're effectively a list saying, and these are the ones we found, and those are the ones spiraling out from your location that are marked on Google Maps. So has the, uh, no more important time in history is getting in your Google, your business set up correctly been important. And we, well, that's what we say every live, Adam, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every live we come on, <laughs> Google my business. We can keep saying it now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's absolutely critical. Um, and, and there are so many businesses that don't really do it properly um, and, and don't you exploit all of its capabilities um, to, to, to make it so that you... So even just listing all your services with the and, and adding in copy that would be some of the questions, I mean, and, and this is, this is all very experimental. So there are still no fully documented methods of where it pulls information from to be able to get the top ranking. It, it has you have to be in the top five of page one. You have to have met all of their best practices. So that's high performance on a mobile um, loading. Uh, you need to have used some schema to identify um, all of the questions, um, and then, and even then, there'll, there'll probably be some little way that you need to be able to tweak things. And, and I'm learning all the time because every niche is different, every um, way people phrase questions, um, and but people are, are losing fifty percent of their search traffic. Um, and probably that will increase over time as search, voice search becomes more prevalent. 
and, and why wouldn't it be? Um, I mean, I've got, I've got some stats that um, that tell me that in the age groups um, at the moment, under thirties, fifteen percent between thirty and forty-four, thirty-eight percent. Um, the 45 to 60, 45 percent, and then the over 60s, 4 percent. So the on the cusp of baby boomers who have been waiting for, for um, the the HAL technology that they saw in the movies when they were growing up and have now got a, an equivalent of HAL in their home are loving the smart speakers. And it's so much more convenient. It, it's the hands-free option. You can be anywhere in the room and want some information and just ask for it. Um, probably the 30 to 44 um, are getting to grips with it. Um, and the under 30s, um, I, I still think that's an underrated value of 15. I think it's for um, a lot of them aren't really ex doing much in the way of searching um, and are, are probably only mobile searching because I was the stats I've got are for smart speakers and most of them live on their phones. So it's a, a voice search on their mobiles. But the fascinating for, for fascination for me on that one as well, though, is when I watch my kids, I mean, my, my kids are 19 and uh, one's turning 70, they reply via voice. They don't text. It's, they, they, they walk away and they just do a quick message and send the message, and it's all yeah. that interaction now. They're not, they're not tapping away. So it's only going to come uh, uh, progress quicker than anything. Oh yeah, I mean some these things. Uh, Andrew, when we talk about a schema, yeah. what's what 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 is that for from a layman's point of view? Right. Is uh, you know okay. Um, there, there's an agreed um, rather than the um, Google little spiders, the crawlers crawling all over your page and trying to understand your alt image titles um, and parsing your text and trying to determine what your page is about, there are now structured schema um, equivalent to like metadata, which is basically a, a structured piece of information that says, this is my page, um, this page is an article, this page is an article about this, these are the keywords of this article, um, and I'm the author of this article. So that's an author. But you could also have one that says this is a product. This is the product description. This is the price. This is the manufacturer. So if you go to schema.org, you'll find that there's loads of different schemas. Um, and, of course, the problem then is how do you get that schema shoehorned onto your website? Um, if you're using, well, because probably 80, 85 to 90% of websites are built on WordPress, then um, you might have Yoast. Um, and Yoast allows you to have certain schemas. Depending on uh, if you've got WooCommerce, there's some uh, they include some schemas. Um, and, and I'm actually evaluating lots of different schema plugins at the moment to see which ones are the most effective for voice. Um, you can, the, mainly the frequently asked questions schema is is quite useful for that. Um, but there probably are others. So if you go to Yoast, go across the schema. Um, and then start plugging in the data. Um, there's schemas now for um, the new Google web stories, which is quite useful. Um, if you want to do one of those little flick by stories, uh, there's a new schema for that, um, which has been presented. So yeah, so the schema is a standard. It, it works across all um, browsers, should implement the reading of those schemas, and it should allow um, faster indexing of your pages and more precise information of your pages. Right, we do have a question. It's a mate of mine, okay. Mr. Murphy. 
uh, Luke knows Mr. Murphy. And he's asked, how useful would this tech be for the likes of myself who provide consultancy and continuous improvement? What would it bring to my business? Okay. Well, you could have a voice skill on the Alexa marketplace that um, auto enables when somebody says, Alexa, who can give me continuous improvement consultancy or something slightly more snappy than that. Um, yeah. And that could be a question and answer skill. So it has a series of question and answers and said, you can ask the following questions and find information. Or it could actually provide um, a full-blown uh, mini consultancy within the skill. I mean, I mean, you, you could spend a lot of money building skills. Yeah, look, yeah. At the, look at the BBC one where um, there's a structure there that says, um, here are the latest news items. If you want to learn more, um, then they use their sonic branding of um, a little jingle at the end of each article that says, and we have more information about this. Um, and on, on the BBC, you could just say, Alexa, tell me more. And it goes down a layer and tells you the rest of the story. Well, you can put paywalls in. So you could have a consultancy that has a series of question and answers and then have below that, you can monetize it and say, here's my premium content. You, you can also create skills which are known as flash briefings. And flash briefings are like mini podcasts. So weekly or daily, you could have something that, that would allow him to put out a tip a day or a week. And the, the beauty of flash briefings is that they are automatically, when you enable them, attached to a what's my briefing routine. And loads of people, the Germans are very good at this, which is why there's like 19 million smart speakers in Germany. Um, but they love it when they get up in the morning and they say, hey, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? And, and the flash briefing will go, well, the news headlines are this. The weather in, in your um, area is this. The traffic is at this. And here's your favorite tip from your favorite consultant or mentor. Can and set you up for the day. Nice. So there you've, got, there you've got, you've captured your market. You're talking to them every day. And you can put on the end of that. And if you want to know more, just activate my skill or visit my website. I mean, this changes everything. It changes loads, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's limitless. There are loads. There are companies out here now who are um, playing stuff and then listening for the responses and doing sort of like audio um, surveys. Um, and some people are playing ads on the radio. In the end of the ad, there's a trigger that goes out on the Alexa because it listens for that um, audio within the radio ad, um, and then picks up the responses to the radio ad. And of course, sonic branding is, is, is massive. You, as I've just been saying, the BBC's um, skill sounds like the opening to the BBC news channel, that beeping stuff, and they carry it all the way through. So lots of brands need to think about what is their sonic branding, um, the associated jingle. I mean, and everybody knows the Intel inside, diddly ding, diddly ding, you know, sound. Well, what's your sonic branding? to go onto your voice skill that, that makes people automatically go, oh, I'm having a conversation with this brand because the jingle's played and I know I'm in that world. Fantastic. It, it, it's, a, it's a massive sector. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on that, so I had a question, Dan. So this is 
probably the perfect time to bring it in. You, you know, you said there, Andrew, that the uh, Alexa, for example, is listening to radio's adverts and it's waiting for the responses and listening in. So, yeah. uh, so first part of the question is, is it your view that the Alexas and Google Homes of, of this um, sort of generation of technology now are only in place now to gather loads of data for technology down in future years, which will then use the data they've been gathering in the homes and then build technology, which is so much more complex and intelligent than it is now because of their price point being so low, it's so easily accessible, you know, creating that data now for a bigger purpose down the line. And then the second point on that would be that people often say that uh, on Facebook and paid ads and things like that, that their, their devices are listening to them. Have you any proof of that in terms of this advert based on they've been speaking about something? Have you found anything that? That is a massive question I get all the time. Yeah. Facebook. Andrew, you knew this was going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you sitting comfortably? Because now I'll stand on my, um, my soapbox now. Right. So I, I, I do not understand why people are getting up tight about having a smart speaker. Um, I mean, yeah. they, they've, they've got stuff that will address this where you can turn off the microphone now. Um, there's always a little switch on the side or a button on the top that will turn off that. Um, but I mean, everybody carries a smartphone. It knows where you are to within one or two meters. You, it, you don't know whether they're turning on the microphone on your mobile or the video camera. I mean, if you, if you notice all the Chinese um, people who come and visit our shores, they've all got covers on all their phones because they don't trust their government. They think yeah. their government is listening in and turning on the microphone and, uh, and everything straight away. Um, and, and what most people don't understand is that everything you do is tracked on browsers. The, the war behind the scenes for your information is phenomenal. Um, everything you visit, everything you do is tracked by the big players and there becomes a bidding war behind there to say does anybody want to be able to retarget this person and you can go into the bidding wars for retargeting people based on their activities um and i think the, the majority of the public have no idea um i mean my wife was on holiday with my son uh phoned me up to say um having a great time and i said oh what was was the food in the restaurant any good i said how do you know i've been to a restaurant and i said well, I went to your Google timeline and she's in another country and I saw exactly where she went all day, all the way around because we turned on her phone because she went on holiday and I wanted to be able, if she lost it, to be able to just completely, you know, implode it and, and, and kill it off. But it also gave me the ability to track exactly where she was. Now, if yeah. I can do that and I, with authority to do that and trace her for safety, what's going on with the big boys who are doing stuff all the time? Mm. So, I, so I, I think people are, are, are very naive about how they're being tracked. Um, but we we all walk on the sort of like normal web. There's a deep web way below that where people are doing stuff that you, we're not even going to go into on this call. But all that is going on all the time. Every you, you can you can put a VPN tunnel in so that people can't track where you're coming from and stuff like that. But they can still get to all of your information. Um, and of course, the big sea change with that is is what Apple's doing at the moment. So they've turned off Facebook tracking. So now you can't tell whether your ad is is delivering because you as soon as it goes onto the phone, you can't track whether they click through and complete. So there's a there's and they're about to do it with email as well. 
So with email tracking, pixel tracking turned off, how are, we going to, how are marketing companies going to make any more money proving their return on investment and their click-through results? Because there's no way of doing any of that. I mean, people might not turn it on, which is currently the case. It's there, but people have, unless they enable it by default, most tracking is still on. Um, and Google have just pushed back for a year um, the turning off of cookies because yeah. the, the avalanche of complaints from everybody who uses cookies everywhere um, has caused problems. Mm. So they pushed it back. So the, if just, I think people just start to have to remember, Ooh. if it's free, you're the product. Your data is the product. And you, know, you can install Brave, the browser, and sell your data um, if you want. But the convenience of using Google um, and Chrome and... Yeah, it, they're all linked together. You can try and isolate stuff, but in the end, if it's free, you're the product. Yeah, okay. Well, your data's the product. Answer your question, Luke? Just about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't covered that we should cover? Because we, we've been firing questions at you. I just like to know where he thinks it's going to go, what the end game is. Yeah, that was one of the questions I, was gonna, I wanted to ask yeah. as well. So, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, so it's the Internet of Things. I mean, we, yeah. we are talking to all of our devices. So um, I think most of the manufacturing companies who are producing household goods are looking very carefully as to whether they should be embedding, um, A, some monitoring capability for your smart home, and B, some form of communication. So you should be able to, um, when you take something out of the fridge, go, oh, Alexa, add new bottle of milk to the fridge. Yeah, uh, to, to the, or from the fridge uh, to the fridge buying list. So, of course, um, it might scan as you take them out. It might have an image camera and just note what you're putting in and taking out. It might have an in inventory of everything that's in there and have a screen on the front that says, "Oh, with the, what you've got in your fridge, you can have beans on toast, or you can have um, this nice." stir fry type thing because and it says because it analyzes everything um but the, but of course there's your toaster wouldn't it be great that, you, that your toaster could talk to your alexa and say your toaster's just popped up and you could get up from your desk because we're all working from home um and, and go and do that so i so i think um i mean already you can turn on light bulbs sockets uh, plugs so you can turn things on and off but i think eventually the technology will just go into the into the hardware and we won't notice we're talking to computers um because we, we it'll be the norm mm -hmm. i already have a son who goes up to the tv and goes daddy why doesn't this slide to channels <laughs> yeah and now he's picked, now he's realized i've got the little device and, and can go alexa show me cbb's bang and it comes on the screen so so i've got a, there's a generation who will never need to type they will never need to um, understand the, the fine details of these things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, in the case of uh, food and fridges, uh, Luke's, would be, if it was bangers and mash in there, it would be called a Millennium Dome, wouldn't it? That's so, it. This, <laughs> is, this is an in-joke, this is Andrew. <laughs> anybody that doesn't know that Luke used to live on, what was it beforehand? Was it? Thomas the Tank Engine spaghetti and sausage, not recently when i was about four or five i think it was that would <laughs> yeah, be the 
Hey, order 24 boxes of that. That would be what my fridge would have been selling back then. It does raise a valid point that you must be careful about how you enable buying on your smart speakers. There have been documented cases of children um, ordering stuff and their parents then being horrified as the um, lorry from Amazon arrives with crates of gifts because they don't understand. So in our house, the buying option's off. On, on our um, smart speakers um but yeah uh, and i know they're trying to get people to turn it on so there's been in the last prime day there was you could get an extra discount if you used alexa to order your product which meant you had to have turned on the automated um the payment prop um, properties so um, but 52 percent of, of smart speaker owners um love to receive information about deals sales and promotion from brands um 51% of them now shop voice for their research on products. So get your product information in a format. I mean, the average result from a, from a voice query is 29 words. So if you can structure your responses into 29 words, which and this this changes SEO considerably. Yeah. Um, how to how if you got here's my product and here's my 21 word response to why you should buy it. Yeah. Some things to think about. Now, for those that, that, that will be listening to this and they'll listen to it because I'll actually create it into a podcast as well, where yeah. should they really start? Is it about engaging with somebody like yourself uh, and thinking around, or, you know, what is their objective? What are they looking to do? And then engaging with somebody like yourself. Yeah, I mean, we run strategy uh, workshops for companies where we say, okay, what, because you have to start with the customer journey. Yeah. So, uh, and you say, okay, wh where where do you currently play in the customer's journey? What do you? Um, what are the touch points? Because everyone knows we need seven to eleven touch points to get a sale. Well, voice ads could add all of those in, in, in very very quickly to get brands known and trusted. So we work with companies where we look at the customer journey. We then say, okay, so if we were to in, embed voice into that customer journey, where would it go? I mean, you have to know a lot about your customers. Mm. You need to understand how how they research your products and services. You need to know the questions that they ask, hence the answer the public. Yeah, you have to um, understand uh, what what comes up on your support desk, the queries, so you can put over that. So you so th this this does mean you have to get a lot closer to your customer, but then you are because you're having personal discussions in their homes about your products and services so and we cover that in the workshop and then try and work out where that customer conversation flow would look like what's how what's the words that should be used to instantiate it do you want to say hey open you know the adam Payne skill um as a thing or how about um you know the the, the there's a war going on to get the right words at the moment mm. for and and that's where the the turf wars are going what mm. are the phrases you know um i suspect coca-cola is saying hey google i'm thirsty and then they they kick in with well here we'll send you a, we'll send you a discount voucher for and if they're not then they should be because that's what people are asking so yeah so we run a workshop and we try and work out um, the best ways of structuring voice skills. And you can start on one platform um, of Alexa. You can then move over and, and start to produce Google um, Assistant skill um, uh, actions. Um, 
and Samsung's starting to offer this, but it's more enabling functionality within um, your mobile rather than um, the bigger domain. Um, if you want to keep it all inside your own little um, infrastructure, there's a, a product called from SoundHound where they allow you to build your own domain and you keep a problem domain. So if you're a very specialist um, and want a skill um, that's specialist to your um, industry, you can have something that they will build that domain for you and you get all the data rather than Google and, and Amazon um, coming out. So the, 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 you, you really need to have a conversation with somebody who understands the whole platform. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Cortana and Siri are way behind on a lot of this at the moment. Um, that Apple's buying a lot of companies up to probably boost their capabilities of Siri. It's great. You can still talk to Siri and ask questions, but it's not got the open API, which allows me to go, okay, if Siri asks this question, here's the answer. So, mm. Fantastic. Now, where can people find you? So if people do want to get into this and want to know more, website, you're on LinkedIn anyway, aren't you? So it's Andrew. Yes, I'm on yeah, yeah. Well, LinkedIn, um, uh, smartoxipusvoiceagency.com is our website. Um, we've, we've literally just been revamping the whole thing to try and break down all this massive world of voice into, into manageable chunks. Um, so there's lots of information on there. Um, and obviously there's contact numbers and details on the website. Um, and you can always contact me with um, andrew.thomas at smartoxipusvoiceagency.com. Yeah, talk. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. And if anybody you know struggles finding Andrew, anything, just come through to either me or Luke, and we'll redirect straight in anyway. Uh, that's yeah. not uh, not a problem at all. That's, uh, that's been absolutely fascinating, Andrew. It's been great. There's been loads of comments uh, which I've been flicking up on the screen, um, and people saying that was been fascinating. And Steve yeah. said, Steve said it's actually a genuine reason is that I am happier talking than writing. He says so that would suit me. Uh, you know, down to, yeah. the, down to the ground on that. Well, it's the frictionless platform that we've yeah. all been waiting for. So, I mean, the first thing you start to learn to do is speak. Mm. Um, and now we cracked it with computers. I mean, I always laugh when there's a Star Trek where uh, one of the movies where um, Scotty walks up and goes, okay, computer. And they go, no, no, it doesn't work. So he picks up the mouse and goes, okay, computer. He says, no, no, no. He says, oh, how quaint and starts typing <laughs> and, and, and invents, um, what was it? Um, transparent aluminum, wasn't it? To transport the whales. But yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, yeah. yeah. The old, one of the old Star Trek yeah. films, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Me, me and you will be that age groupish. I think I'm a bit older than you though. But yeah, yeah. but Luke, yeah, you, Luke's completely <laughs> lost. Yeah. Well, with everything you're starting to see on, on sci-fi is, is possible. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, Picard walking down and just asking the computer to do things, we can now do that in our own home. Um, mm. So why aren't brands there to have those conversations with us? The, the big boys are, but there's a whole new layer below that where mm. there's lots of small businesses that can leverage this technology. And, and they're the people we want to help. So. Yeah, no. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And we will, I think, do another one on this and go in if you're open to it, to that and we'll discuss even more yes. on it. So thank you to yeah. both of you. Uh, and I shall end it there. No problem at all. Okay. Thanks. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in and remember, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it's the courage to continue that counts.